Hello, what is up everyone? It is based Miami, bringing the Miami sound to Dub Lab. What up, Katarina? Hello, hello world. It's us tuning in, or not tuning in, maybe recording, rather live from Miami and Jay's in Los Angeles. Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to merge these audiences, man. I think every time we have an episode and, and new LA listeners are hearing about these Miami artists, it just feels very organic and natural. We're bridging the gap a little more every single time. Yeah, 100%. And our last episode, I mean, check it out if you haven't, with Susie Analog, felt like just another step of that gap, if that makes sense. Just another bridge to cross because she's worked with artists in LA, in New York, globally. And same with our guest today. I feel like everyone is based in Miami, but have, you know, that global appeal. And that's the whole you know, motif to base, wouldn't you say? I would say so. And these these two boys, they have a very special place in my heart, particularly. And me and Jordy's friendship and progression through the Miami scene. So we decided it would be best to bring them on. Yeah, can we tell them about that night quickly, though, before we even intro it? Oh, before we intro them? Okay. Um... One of those, you know, Miami Art Basil-esque nights. I think it was actually pre, like, literally the day before Art Basel. Here we um, go. These two boys had a show at one of our favorite spots, Floyd. <laughs> and Jordi and I barely knew each other. She kind of just hit me up, I think, being like, yo, we should do something. Weren't we? Or, like, maybe you dropped out of that class. But we were like... Distant classmates. <laughs> Distant classmates, hello in the hallway, etc. And we just clicked for some reason in our first time hanging out. I brought her out uh, to see um, INBT, who is our guest. And mm-hmm. the night ended somewhat tragically, but it left an imprint on our heart forever. Yeah. So without further ado. Let's bring them in. They're, they're walking into our studio right now. <laughs> All the way from Miami, Florida, <laughs> we have INVT. Hey, guys. Yo. Yo, what's going on? If you didn't know, you bring people together. And for those of you who are listening, it's INVT standing for innovate, but you can say it whichever way you'd like. Yeah, that's really cool. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Tell us about how you two, like, especially how did you meet and become so close? You guys are childhood friends? Yeah, me and Delbert, we, growing up here as, as kids in Miami, we just ended up crossing paths. Actually, we met, like, coincidentally once when we were, like, eight, but then we re-met again when we were, like, 11 years old, just through skateboarding, just knowing different kids who skate around here in Miami, and, like, summer of, like, going into sixth grade or something, and, and uh, yeah, then we went to the same middle school together, where we were both into music, and uh, we started making metal bands. I played drums. I needed a bass player. Delbert played viola, and he also played guitar. And I was like, "Yo, have you ever tried bass?" And you know, tried bass and was really good at it. And uh, yeah, we were just making music. And it's been magic ever since, pretty much. On the same tip, yeah, ever just since jumping around <laughs> from different projects, from uh, metal bands to jazz bands to mixing the live electronic stuff, working with vocalists, and now we just do like live dance music and focus on making dance music. Yeah, the live dance music concept that you guys bring is 
pretty much what made it so special to me when I first saw you guys. To the people listening, when we say like live dance music, they have this whole setup, the, you know, I, I'm horrible with the terminology, but they got like, I guess the synths, the fucking instruments, the beep boop, the buttons, and they just <laughs> do the damn thing on the fucking stage. It's something like you've pretty much never seen before. It's average club night. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually remember when I was involved with college radio in Miami, the only alternative station on FM radio. I remember it was like so important that you guys highlighted the the alternative sound in Miami, quite literally, is necessary to get you guys on the radio. So it's cool. to It's kind of a full circle moment. But yeah, explain like to the listeners what seeing you guys live would kind of be like. Well, basically, it's a continuous set. We play many different styles depending on the setting that we're put into. You know, we bring out our drum machines, uh, 303 bass, bring out gem bass. Uh, sometimes I hop on my bass. We could bring out his guitar. For Boiler Room, we uh, yeah, we we did like I played live drum set, like a almost like a jungle drum and bass, like real real time breaks. Yeah, and I'll hop on the vocals. We go hop on the vocals, and you know, each time depending on the setting, really like depends on what gear we bring out, and yeah, it's just a wide range. You know, we we are really inspired by a lot of styles within dance music since we're so early involved into it, and yeah, it's really cool to just like leave it to us playing on the spot to kind of dictate the direction of the set. It's pretty much always about the vibe is what you're telling me. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Which is a pretty common theme throughout our shows. I'm pretty sure if there were like a a counter of the word vibe within every single episode we've had up until this moment, which this one would be 21, by the way, vibe is probably one of the most used words. I think it's just like one of those Miami things, but it really is all about the vibe with you guys and like I totally I mean I've never seen the same thing twice from you which I think is one of those things that makes you guys real special besides the fact that you guys aren't only just producers and vocalists etc you guys are also into fashion and art and you know designing filmmakers etc can you tell us a little more about what exactly IMVT encompasses as a project because it's not just music yeah so when when uh when we started well myself I've always been a visual artist and I always just I was really into as a kid uh, growing up wearing band t-shirts and merchandise and to me innovate was supposed to be a project where it didn't matter like it could be music it could be a album cover or like a music video or a t-shirt or a hoodie that I made like all of my art things like it's not like we're just making music you know we're just creating yeah in whatever style or direction i want to go just because like we grew up with a really tight group of friends who were either like artists or they were uh, like painters they were sculptors or producers musicians and we all kind of just like hung out together growing up and we all kind of just resonated with each other and learned and got inspired to like attack different mediums within art so that's something that kind of always kept us within that environment Right. And I remember, I mean, besides that, like just being a part of, for example, like the skate scene and, you know, being involved with like graffiti, which is like a very prominent theme in your last work, which we'll touch on in a second. The graffiti thing is really interesting, though. And I like that you guys have um, like an eye for art as well, like tying in with that design concept in your clothing. Your music is very visual, you know, whether it's your videos or cover art. Can you tell us your background with physical art? Is it, Do you have a background there? 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, Miami is a place with a lot of interesting and exciting subcultures. I think you know, they're, it's not necessarily such big, such a big community. It's quite small. I mean, if you compare it to places like New York, you know, like it's a lot of people in these artist communities over here. It's not as many, but it is. It exists here, and you know, with graffiti and with visual art and skateboarding, like Katarina said, and uh, music. You know, whether that's electronic music or the, you know, the the jazz bands that we were in or the, you know, or even all that, you know, there's a lot of subcultures and one of those is visual art. You know, that's something that we've done myself and like other friends of ours, artists out here that uh, we've just always grown up, been best friends with. We've always, you know, been drawing, painting, uh, the, just like activities that we just enjoy. They just bring us joy. And I mean, yeah, myself, I, you know, I've always uh, been painting. I did a lot of like, murals when I was younger. I mean, all of our designs, all of our album artwork, that's all made by by us, it's all it's all the screen print designs is all made through photographs I've, I've taken. Uh, yeah. We yeah, then we print them, you know, and we sew, and you know, we go back and forth. Delbert is also really help, heavily involved in the clothing as well, you know, giving his input. Delbert doesn't necessarily come from a drawing background; he's mainly a musician. I'm, I'm a crazy music yeah, head. Yeah, you could like, speak, Yeah, you could yeah pretty much. Like I, I've spent most of my life playing instruments and just within but, environment and. But I would say that he has like an like such an eye for it, you know. Just just his taste has developed just through being around myself, other visual artists. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it in real life. Like I've, yeah, I've seen you know how he he dresses, you know the styles. Yes, he quite literally styling on them. If I yeah, you know, I think Delbert plays a very important role in in the clothing in that sense. You know, with the styling and giving his input as far as what colors to go, what where to play, where, as far as like placements of screen prints. You know, uh, homie prints with me all the time as well. Sews things. You know, it's like. We, we, you know, he's involved himself more. Yeah, I mean, you know, the way our dynamic works is we bounce off of each other's strengths and we kind of just like use our individual strengths to kind of make this one uh, medium. And the clothing that we get, it's through a purpose. We go to Miami thrift stores and we just like pick everything by hand and we always go together and, you know, we're like trying on shit. Like we're like, yo, this is whack. Like, should we take this? Like we just like grab everything we think we would like and then just sort through it at the end. And it's all just kind of like a process because it's like based off of what we would wear. So me and Luca have our own styles, but like we agree on a lot of outcomes in terms of just like statements within fashion. You guys have your own roles as INVT though. It kind of seems like. Yeah. Like, you know, like Luca teaches me a lot about visual art and like, he's the one that got me into understanding clothing and fashion and like how to just style yourself and all this and that. And, you know, I put him on to like my, my music tricks, you know, cause like Luke is also a nasty musician, but you know, obviously when you collaborate with two different minds, you bring different things that are personal to the table. And we are just really open to learning from each other, you know? Yeah. Like, Del you know, Delbert and I, we're like constantly teaching each other where, whether it's like me showing him like this uh, style of printing or something and him showing me like this way to like mix down something or like how to listen to something like how to arrange something like there's so many things that we just constantly just uh teach each other Aww. i mean i always said to like the people around us that you guys are just one entity two people one entity like one big brain because it's like you guys are so fluid with each other and it's really difficult i guess or maybe not difficult but it's it's a special bond to be able to work with someone as closely as you two do with each other and come to head with like so many crazy and like innovative not to be given out a pun right now but ideas you know what i'm saying 
Um, I think we should give the listeners a little glimpse of what you guys are about. Do you agree? I think we need to do that 100%. Play the track. <laughs> Yo, what's going on? You're, you're locked into Base Miami. This is IMVT. Uh, my name is Luca. I'm here with Delbert. You're listening to Style On Em on Dub Lab. Watch me break that style off. Yeah, that's it. 
And their last song you just heard is called Style On Them. That was to give you like a proper glimpse of their sound, how unique it is, basically doing that live electronic feel. I wish everyone else had was able to get the opportunity to see them live. But don't you guys constantly put out videos of that sound? Yeah. Uh, so sometimes we'll put out like 15 minute jam sessions that we'll do live of just like a mixture of sounds from new songs that we're working on. So if we currently have two out um and yeah you know it's on our youtube channel by the way yeah you guys are always always on on instagram live though like nine times out of ten if i go on instagram you guys are always live up to something whether it's making music making clothes just fucking jamming like you always see what comes behind the imvt boys it just kind of applies that pressure sometimes you know when we're making tracks or like djing or uh, performing live you know when there's people watching it kind of holds you accountable it puts you in this different headspace where it's like you're least likely to fuck up because you're just so focused on like doing good within a short amount of time like if you're making mm-hmm. a track or something and as opposed to just like being in your headphones by yourself in a room like nobody's listening to what you're doing you can listen to the same loop all day which is also a process but you know we we really like to to mess around with different flows because it just keeps things fresh yeah i see that and it's cool that you're able to connect with other artists on socials as well. I've noticed whether it's like Johnny or a bunch of other producers in Miami. And I think something that LA people don't understand is how like connected each artist that we've, that we've had on base are with each other. Like it's the Miami community of artists. Everyone knows each other. Like you guys work together, you build each other up. My friends are like, how do you get artists on the show? I'm like, because each artist is a friend of the, you know, the next guest. But they don't get that because the LA community is less like that because it's so spread out, if that makes sense. Do you feel me on your friends with everyone? You you guys kind of come up together, right? Yeah, I would say that uh here in Miami, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's a, it's got a small, just a smaller population than places like LA and New York. I mean, me and Delbert, we lived in New York for two years and we went to study uh music production while we were over there and we had a taste of those scenes, which are obviously great because I would say, you know, they have the upper hand as far as they have more venue, venues, more places. Infrastructures. Yeah, more infrastructure, more more artists. A lot of people move from all over the world to New York, to L.A., you know, like it's just more, just, yeah, just more. So here in Miami, it's it's uh, just happens still like there's amazing talent. I mean, less people doing it per se. Less clubs. You know, less you clubs. Know. But there is still really great things within those resources. You know, and, and I think that that gives an interesting approach to community here. And I think that because it's smaller and the conversation can be had about the community, you know, it's cool. Like here, just the support is you can see it. You know, there's the kids who are into 
graffiti they come out to some of the shows that we're having doing the raves or they even help us set them up you know what i mean or but then you got you know an art show happening one of them's having an art show and like you know we pull up and show love to their thing you know i think miami understands yeah you gotta you gotta show love to get love every time you go out you mostly run into the same people because everyone's just trying to go to the next new thing or like whatever's happening just because the taste in miami it's it's like something i've never experienced anywhere else you know we've been to new york la tokyo they all have like really good uh things about their scenes but i can't really compare them to miami just because it's weird out here you know what i'm saying like the, the set like the it's range of the sound it's like people aren't afraid to get weird which makes it more comfortable for the rest of us because it's like you're not going to be making music based off of judgment you're just making it because it's how you feel and it's what you're trying to say and it's what you fuck with and there's mm. definitely people out there in miami who will come see your stuff if it's in the right setting yeah and i think that there's a level of authenticity here in miami that is nice to see you know i do see like people making honest art there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff you know people like Nick Leon people like Celtics mm-hmm. you from know space. Johnny from Space uh, we you know uh, we've had uh, Susanna Law who you guys had recently you know she's she's migrated here to Miami but has been part of this scene you know and doing her thing and inspiring the rest of us and and I think everyone plays their part that just seems genuine and I like that about our community it's something it's something really. Um different and we we always touch on this during this like show that Miami because it's so new and because there aren't these like pre-made notions of like what should and shouldn't be going on in Miami plus like the general chaotic energy that Miami holds especially like the the people itself hold there's the reason we always say there's nothing like this is because there really, really, really fucking isn't. And it's so new. It's so fresh. And that's what gives it, that's what gives you guys the power to do whatever the fuck you want. You know what I'm saying? And that's what makes you guys the tastemakers and the innovators and the ones who set up the scene. And you guys particularly, I mean, I, I love being a part of the community and I love seeing it grow, even though I've, only been really in this for like a couple of years people like you and like I mean you already mentioned them Johnny Nick even like sister who really put forth like the effort to make this the strongest it could be is what keeps people like me and like this show and other people who want to make music or art or you know just come out and support like it's it's kind of just like a magical little feeling to like watch the baby that is Miami grow up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I wanted to point out too, that's really interesting about the scene. It's that you have the older heads who are open to the new generation. Like they pull up to the raves. They like become a part of it. They like get involved with the artists. Like, uh, like Danny days, for example, you know, like he, he's invited us to use a studio. He like, we send each other tracks all the time. Like he's within the community. He's always like, working with the artists like Johnny and Nick and he's always just like putting us on to to like new sounds and just like his perspective and, and he's just open to our yeah and I would say also David Sinopoli too you know like that's Max. someone in three points you know shout out to them yeah, like big shout out to three points I think that that a lot of these people that have came before us you know uh that have you know been been doing this like they yeah. are really the ones who laid a lot of the groundwork explain the three point culture I think that a lot of people you know, outside of Miami don't understand how Three Points kind of cultivated this kind of type of music, if that makes sense, and how local, I don't even want, like Miami-based artists are featured year after year. 
in this festival. Can you kind of explain what Three Points is to a listener who hasn't heard of that? Well, it's really interesting because they really focus on their diverse uh, curation within lineups, but also including like half of the roster with Miami acts. So it's cool because like you'll have like Bear, he'll perform right before Blood Orange on the main stage. So the people who are like huge fans of like the headliners get to see someone who's from Miami perform and they might not have heard of them before, but they're discovering them because he's putting them on that platform. Yeah. And it's really sick. And and ideally if then a lot of people in that audience like the bear performance that just happened, you know, the, the artist. Yeah, it's an artist Delbert mentioned who played at three points and he's from, from down here. He's also uh, been on our show. Yeah. There you go. You know, so it, so a lot of those people here in Miami are like, Wow, like this cat like was so fire. I saw I saw him play right before Bloodhorn. Uh I, damn, and now he's playing again over here in the corner, like not you know, not or at Floyd or or just like, you know, down the street or at this rave or whatever. Ideally I think that Three Points is pushing that idea of, well, if you have this these little micro communities of support and of interest in the music happening right here, you know, I think that that's something really important that people, you know, don't miss out on what's happening two streets away from your house, you know? You might be over here. I think America has a uh, an issue with just its obsession with celebrity and, you know, and, and that's cool or whatever, pop music, you know, rap music, like that's, uh, you know, like... I, I'm a fan, you know, I like, I like, I like a lot of music, but at the same time, the, the, when you get into celebrity and all, all that kind of culture, like you start to forget what's right around the street, you know, and that could be something really magical. Just you know? as good or better. Or better, or, just as good or better. Yeah. I think people, I think people like kind of have like this barrier that they put where it's like, oh, I don't want to like check out this artist because like, they're not like popping or whatever. It's like, There's dude. more artistry in the DIY scene. And I've noticed that like, um, just being involved and it's harder to give you know sometimes to feel like you need to give those artists resources because you're not they're not maybe making as much money but if you give them special attention and after a while they they could be just as well and I think like we need to normalize you know putting in those resources for DIY scenes and that's not happening in a lot of other communities outside or creative communities outside of Miami it's something really special with for example, Three Points does. And Three Points was pretty much the reason I came down to Miami. I'm from Broward, not to scare anyone away who's listening. Um, <laughs> but it's something really special to take your own resources when you could make some like grandiose festival and decide to make half the goddamn lineup Miami-based acts. Like That's just a very important part of this culture specifically because it's not just electronic music down here and that's what i mean you guys do are like experimental electronic music which is great but there's so much more three points has jazz i mean yeah ourselves we've been in like the jazz scene over here too like there's you know there's a lot of dope indie bands out here you know like shouts out mustard service and like mm. other that are over here, apple you know? butterfly to have the platform and to have the cosigns from these people and to have people believe in you and give you that platform is what can allow you to make this a full-time thing and i mean i think you guys are you know lucky enough to have that privilege you guys are imbt full fucking time now yeah it's been like that for awesome years i would say right yeah we we moved back to new york we decided to just take on the project full-time see what we can do with it how far we can go with it and 
you know, it's been really nice to, to see how far we've gotten so far and all the music that we put out and just growing through that process. Yeah, that's huge. The last track that we heard, Style On Him, was like a really good example of like, at least for me, peak <laughs> IMVT identity. Like if I could hear a song and be like, oh yeah, that's 100% IMVT, Style On Him is it. Yeah. That's that's identity, that's cool. For it's it's the, the, the vocals and like all of it. <laughs> yeah you know that song it goes but, like, the hit you know like yeah. that's kind of double entendre to the tracks and to the fits and to the i don't know double <laughs> triple quadruple entendre yeah. the next track that we have coming up which was with one of our very special own johnny from space gives you a different perspective as to who these two boys are and what they do and this song was done all in one track one take sorry <laughs> oh yeah it was done one take live yeah we johnny. recorded it here in our studio uh we had johnny on uh on this avalon right like myself on the tr8 you on the acid yeah bass. acid bass and some ambience and like some like little vocals and stuff but yeah it just happened and we we yeah i still can't believe that track happened wow <laughs> i think we should listen to it like right fucking now yo yo what's good this is imvt my name's Delbert. I'm with Luca right now. We're on Base Miami, Dub Lab. This track is called 303 Water with Johnny from Space.
what's up? You're listening to Based Miami on Dub Lab with your lovely, lovely hosts, Scott and Jordy. With our very, very special guest, INBT, you just heard their track with Johnny from Space called 303 Water. Um, is there any specific reason why the track was named 303 Water? Uh, gotta drink water. You know, stay healthy is a lot of sunlight in Miami. So... <laughs> And then we added some, you know, some acid base on the track. So some 303. And some Avalon base. The counter bass line situation. That's something that people might not know. That Avalon just sounds watery. That song just sounds like water. Sounds watery. It sounds like it flows through my veins. I guess that would be blood, but it's the same concept. What does like the Miami weather or just like the environment in general have influence on your music or your song or your producing? The foundation of our project is basically a reflection of our experience in Miami. So like the humidity, you know, always being like sweating and wet all the time. But like then you go to the beach and like always go in the water because the water's nice. And, you know, everything's like close by and like (laughs) we fucking love getting cafecitos everywhere. All the Cuban spots hit, Hmm. you know, everything is just like and it's so like family oriented too. like you you see like families and like with their kids all the time out and it just it's really interesting, like little hub as a whole. So, but like the weather, man, it's really nice, honest. Yeah, I'd rather be, I'd rather be Miami temperature for climate sure. than New York climate. Like, yeah, for yeah. Like we took the cold and stuff, but like, you know, we grew up out here in the tropics, so it's just like our skin is not made for that. And the fruit yeah. out here is just way yeah, tastes fruit. way better too. The mangoes out here taste a million times yeah. than mangoes in New York. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. Mangoes, cafecitos, and. <laughs> 303 water. <laughs> I think right now is a good time to like um talk about like if you can and you have enough context to like compare to your time in New York and how you were like performing live and like the people you were meeting there. I think that's necessary. What do, what do you think? Kevin? Well, I mean, out there it was really quick. We just went to school and stuff and like we were working with like a few vocalists, but like we were also like working full time and and doing all that so like we only went out there for like three semesters and then like when we came back down to miami that's like we played some gigs here and there but like we weren't as involved with the scene because we weren't old enough to get into clubs Mm. stuff like that so you know honestly like we like we haven't experienced the dance scene Nah, we had we had kind of a little bit of an experience of it but it was light like in terms of like artists like i would follow i just wasn't that into I didn't understand dance music like that. But we, but we went to like a few like oh, like, we went to raves. We went to and a stuff few like raves. Yeah, like course. there was a few like underground like like pretty dope raves that we went to. That I mean, to me, to myself, like that was some of my first time seeing someone spin techno on vinyl. Like was in those like New York raves. Like to be oh, yeah, to be real, true. you know. Yeah. So like that kind of opened my eyes to that a bit. You know, even though yeah, we weren't as involved with the scene like on like a consistent basis. But like every now and then we would try and we would get into like these pretty dope. Uh, warehouse raves in brooklyn you were in school there what did you guys study yeah so me and luca went to two separate programs he went to the nyu tisch uh music of uh, recorded arts and i went to the sonic art center at the city college in harlem uh we both lived in brooklyn you know it was cool because the studios at my school were open 24 7 and the ones at his school closed at 12 so we would just run up sessions till midnight at nyu and then we would run over to my school and just go all night and it was a good flow because the studios were different you know so we had to like use different workflows within the the facilities and yeah we were just going at it 
you know. And because of the transportation system is so good that, you mm-hmm. know, be there all night and then get home within like 45 minutes all the way from Harlem to Brooklyn. So. Yeah, that's where we're fucking lacking. Like, I love my Metro Mover and my Metro Rail, but. It's dope. You don't need a car out there. You literally go. Like, yeah, we would literally smoke. go. My, like, yeah, our studio in my school was in the East Village, and Del- then Delbert's school was in Harlem, but we both. Like, Del was living in Bedside at one point. I was living in Bushwick. Then we had our own crib, like, all the way deep in a Bushwick, like, Myrtle App. <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that deep. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that deep. It's, I think, like, I see it as, like, middle point. But we were, we were moving, yeah. like, throughout all of New York City, like, on a daily basis. Like, but that's what I'm saying. It's so fucking lit. And, like, that's where we are lacking. Like, why do we got to Uber everywhere? What the fuck is this? Like, where is our public transportation system that we so badly deserve? Is it helping music scene to be able to get from, like, place to place pretty simple? Of course, because imagine like, like a little Biscayne train. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had a Biscayne train. train. That'd be hard. That'd be you hard. mean the fucking bus? Not the bus. Brooklyn are cool because, like, I feel like there's so many of them compared to Miami. Like within sections of the neighborhoods, and you know, you could just get to like east of Brooklyn, like mad quick, just through the bus, and it's like no problem. They're like mostly on time, from my experience living there. Mm. Way more point than our bus. Yeah, our bus is like yeah, <laughs> it's. The whole transportation not, in Miami. If you don't have a car, you know, I mean, Uber, so it's kind of chill. But when we used to take the bus and shit, it's but like, we don't really, really be, we don't really be leaving the crib that much, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Different. Like right now, it's chill because it's pandemic season vibes. So like, it's not like you're really going places. But like, those Ubers run up a fucking check, brother. Like I, the oh, reason yeah. I moved to where I am is so that I could use the metro, and even then, like, it's only so many places I can go. I just feel like in Miami, it makes it easier to like stand out being like unique and all people know your name qu- quite a bit more than maybe in like one of those bigger cities. Has that worked to your advantage since you've ha- you know been in both of those different climates? Well, when we came to Miami, you know, and decided to do IVT full time, we became a lot more um, involved with the scenes. We would go out like when we first played at Floyd, that kind of introduced us to uh, a bunch of people within the scene, artists, uh, the club owners all these people who are just involved and yeah, we would just go out to the club every single weekend and just, you know, study the music, go out to shows, more parties were starting to pop up like outside of the club. So mostly raves, warehouse parties. We started doing our parties with the, with sister system. May God bless her soul. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty dope doing that, that whole experience, uh, like actually throwing our own parties together in collaboration with yes, sister system and, and uh, true vine and like uh, board and like all these other people who are a part of this little micro community here in Miami, you know? That was I mean, you got to the point where you guys were able to not only just throw raves, but then you threw a rave to get your asses out to fucking Europe. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. That one was pretty dope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. No, that one was like, I mean, I enjoyed my time. How did you guys enjoy your time in Europe? Didn't you guys play a show out there? Yeah, so we played our first uh, international show in Berlin. Uh, with Danny Days, he hooked us up, and uh, but before that, we went to a festival. We went to like we were just going to shows every single night, pretty much, or just like moving on the road with the homies, and it was cool because that was my first time in Europe, and you know, living in Miami, where like me and Luca make underground dance music, it's not really a thing that's like pushed so hard within, or it's like not as involved with the culture within Miami's environment. But when I went to Europe, it was cool because like 
every weekend there was just something fucking popping happening. Yeah, it's, I mean, you walk around in, in Europe and like there's just posters everywhere, all over the streets, all promoting like this these parties of better playing. Yeah. Electronic dance music, you know, like, the sound systems. Yeah, the sound systems really are on, like, on another level. Ass, you yeah. know, we came back to Miami, we were like, fuck. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> not. You know what I mean? It's like we don't we don't really have the same kind of demand here in the states in general. I think. I wouldn't say it's demand. I think there just isn't enough, A, freedom slash space slash resources to do it, and B, enough groups of people who are willing to run the show. Because over there, it's not just one group of people like doing this. It's like several different collectives every single week doing their fucking thing. That's why it's always packed. Here, we have like, I mean... I don't want to like exclude people, but I would say maybe like two to three, maybe like established collectives that throw the raves. And it's not even like on a weekly basis. It might be like once a month, maybe two and people fucking love it. But like we, you know, when there isn't a warehouse to do it or when it's like at a venue that isn't the right place or this or that, it like kind of makes you lose the momentum. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The, definitely the resources. You're definitely right. I mean, because there is people like it's there's not to say there's artists out here. Yeah, it's not to say there's, there's so no. Good. Yeah, it's not to say there's there's no demand either. Because there is people who pull up. Like there are some pretty dope like slammed raves that we've done in Miami. You know that we've been a part of. You know, and so those people are here. But like you said, yeah, it's just the resources uh, are limited. You know, I'm but curious, like who your your influences are in that community, whether it be Miami or not. You know, I. Obviously spoke about Danny Days, but were there any, you know, DJs you've come across abroad or international that have just like sparked a lot of fuel? Chris Jones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also DJ Earl. DJ Earl. Like really, we got to really get, like, you know, really bond with him. Became really good friends while he was living here in Miami. Yeah, he was uh, yeah. nice. Yeah, shout sure. out, you know, yeah. Tech Life. We're huge fans of, of all of that, you know, that music. You know, DJ Rashad, uh, all the things. Earl, DJ you Phil. Know, DJ Phil. All. Yeah. A lot of Chicago music. We listen to a lot of that stuff, and so getting to know Earl was really cool. He also has a lot of experience in this in this game, um, so that was just like such a great time. There's there's more artists. I mean, there's a lot. There's know, a like, lot. We we because like, we actually like just we just always constantly try to connect with other artists. Like we'll just like send like some dude like we really like your track or whatever. We'll be like yo like uh, I, I like this track or some other person. I'll like. They'll be like, yo, like, uh, check out this this track I dropped. Like, maybe you'll like it. And then people actually want to hear dope music. So they'll be like, oh, damn, this is sick. You know, and then we just, like, build on that. But there's a lot of people that, like, yeah, we don't really even know so well in person. But we just built relationships via the internet and sending each other music. And I was actually wanting to bring up to you guys, like, how fucking cool your approach to, like, marketing yourselves online is. Because I feel like... There aren't many people who A, go as hard as you guys and B, are as intricate because, you know, it's one thing to be an artist and to like post on Instagram, promote yourselves, whatever. But it seems like everything you guys do is like a very carefully thought out rollout or like a really nice idea that is executed from beginning to end that had a lot of thought put into it. I always think back to the one time I bought the skirt from you guys and Luca, you took it in for me for like two hours or something because we were both trying to figure this out and you gave me the the lookbook and I still have it and I'm like who does this that isn't like a just clothing brand you know what I'm saying like 
you guys are really, really into your shit, and it's something that's like deserves praise. Is there independent too, right? You guys are put out music independently. Yes. Yeah, we don't have any management or fully independent. It's literally just me and Delbert, and we have people around us who we really are great friends with, and and they're really uh, kind enough to give us their advice on things, you know. And so we just kind of flow through this atmosphere doing whatever we want i mean we've worked with some like it's not that we're opposed to releasing with labels it's just that uh i think being independent is a really dope freedom that you have because we just will finish making a record and i mean you might think it's really thought out i mean it is thought out but we have the freedom of that we can just release it whenever we want so we'll make the record and then name all the tracks and release it like the next day and no one can tell me, oh no, you gotta wait because of like this and that, and like you gotta oh, extend like, the marketing, the marketing. Like, you gotta like release a single, and then like this thing. Like you know, I get it. Like there's there are things that work in the music industry, but for me, like I'm, we're not in this to like be marketable per se. Like this is just something that we do that like makes us happy, and we want to do it however we want to do it. And like when you have to compromise that because of someone else's marketing plan, it's just like kind of whack. So. Well, we do really we we do unorthodox things, you know. We do things that maybe a marketing team wouldn't tell you, wouldn't recommend, but it worked for us, you know. Do you plan um to stay and you know keep building in Miami spaces? Well, you know, right now we're kind of just well, what we've been doing is just like making music every day, making clothing, kind of just like growing, you know, acquiring new skills and taking it day by day, just because of the situation that we're in right now, and you know. We definitely, like, we're waiting to see what's going to happen with the whole club situation. You know, definitely want to travel a lot and play shows and, like, work with artists abroad. And, you know, we have some friends that now that we've made in Europe. And, you know, there's a whole different scene out there. So we'd like to spend some time out there, maybe in Berlin or Rotterdam for a few months. You know, definitely want to go back to Tokyo to make some music for a couple of months. But, yeah, you know, right now we're just kind of taking it day by day. We're staying isolated, you know, making music, staying sane, staying healthy. Drinking mango smoothies. Drinking mango smoothies and shit. <laughs> Trying to, like, create that live club vibe, you know, in your studio. Yeah, I mean, it's right? just, like, become part of the process. And the thing is, you know, every live set that we've done has just been kind of an experiment, you know, because that's the cool thing about this whole live set thing. It's not like, oh, you have, like, a drummer and, like, you have a, a bass player and you have a guitarist and, like, those are the same sounds that you're going to be using for, like, the, your entire, like, uh, artistry. But... You know, with live sets, it's like there's so many different drum machines. There's so many different synths that oscillate different sounds. And, like, you know, there's not one way to go about it. You can finesse a live set however it is you want to do it. And, like, yeah, it's just part of your flow. So with us, it's like every live set, we kind of just, like, experiment with new instruments or, like, new tactics or, like, just new approaches. And it just keeps it fresh. And the more we do it, it just becomes more part of our uh, composition process. So... I agree. And I, I definitely see it as somebody who's seen you guys over the last two years, like grow. I, I love listening to you guys talk about it like this. I think we should let the listeners hear something from your pre-pandemic days, um, a track called Subaquatic. Subaquatic was a track from our Disruption record that came out in mid-January, I believe. This whole year as a whole, like pre and uh, post pandemic, well, we're still in the pandemic, but like before, like after it happened, we've just been like putting these projects together on the spot and like just releasing tracks that we like made the day before or like the day of, you know, we wanted to keep it fresh just because like we really go through periods where we're just like uh, refining our sound 
and you know we went from like kind of like breaks electro dub influence to like it's a wide range like there's just like uh garage dub this last record in particular we kind of made it full circle because when we first got into dance music was through footwork and that's where we really put us on and right now this record that we just put out you know we kind of wanted to introduce like faster tempo music but in a way where it didn't feel so fast so you weren't initially sure of what type of track it was you know what i'm saying so like especially being within this quarantine you know like we our mindset has kind of altered a little bit because we've been away from clubs for so long and we wanted to make music that fit inside of a club setting or at home where you're just vibing we wanted Mm -hmm. to make that connection just because that's how we feel right now yo what's up this is based miami on dub lab i'm your host ivt i'm here with delbert my name is luca you're listening to subaquatic the electronic music
What's up, Dub Lab Radio? You're listening to Based Miami. We have INBT on, and you just heard their track pre-pandemic recording of Sub Aquatic. Um, guys, we wanted to know a little bit about your recording process. There's definitely a lot of different things going on in all of your songs, and um, especially for people like me and Jay, who aren't exactly artists ourselves we're, we're a bit yeah. curious how do you go about recording tracks like this what's step one i mean you know we like i said earlier we love to um, switch up the flows a lot um we have many different approaches i don't like going into a track thinking about oh, okay i'm going to start with this or it's mostly just how we feel so some tracks will just start with messing around with effects and just like looping that and then you know we'll bring in like like some basses and then like we'll add like some drums minimally or just like the other way around we'll start with just like drums or just like uh because thing is me and luca also have sessions where we just like jam for a while and we just like generate a bunch of ideas and like different grooves and just like sounds mm-hmm. and uh make those into like smaller loops and put them into like sample folders and we just like make music based off of old recordings of jam sessions and kind of just like apply them in different contexts so it really just depends on how we're feeling in the moment you know, you basically have an infinite amount of like shit to work with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you mix and master after you um, work with those pre-recorded jam sessions? Yeah, we mix and master all of our music. These boys are fully independent, if I do say so myself. Yeah, you know, we like to play around with it. You know, it, it's a lot, but like, you know, we took the time to learn these different skills and we're still learning a lot about this whole thing. You know what I'm saying? So this it's just like, thing. we just find our own way of doing it so then what happens after you um you know you finish the song do you immediately try to you upload to Bandcamp? is there any other dsps that you focus on or playlisting what would be like the next step after the song is done yeah i mean we don't really do streaming we used to do streaming but we're, we just kind of feel like although yeah it's convenient and it's cool we just we prefer to release our music through Bandcamp because we actually can see who's listening to our music and we can collect data that way so we can hit them up the next time we release music versus on Spotify. People just listen to your music. You have no idea really who it is. And yeah, and so we just think that it's cooler to just point people to our platform of choice versus just using whatever platform. You know, I think it's music is special yeah. and I want people to value it. So, I, you know... I've seen more and more during these times of quarantine that people have been, um, I guess, appreciating like Bandcamp more and like actually listening off of Bandcamp more, which I, at least for me, I'm, I'm starting to use Bandcamp more too, but I used to see it as something that only artists use to listen and buy music. And now I feel like it's kind of taking a turn because people are realizing that without a platform like Bandcamp, a lot of musicians and producers can't really do their fucking thing exactly and Um, especially with with like what they're what they've been doing with the first fridays of the month which you guys were featured on ra's band camp july list i believe which is super fucking dope as i mentioned i think during the pandemic it's one of those really 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 important things to do is support those who especially i mean you guys make a living off playing music and now all of these fucking venues are closed so the support is something Mm -hmm. that's like important now more than ever yeah yeah that's for sure i mean there's different nuances that have happened in the music industry just with like pandemic alone and a lot of them are digital based you know virtual based 
So what do you guys think with, you know, releasing a full project during a pandemic? What do you think happened, you know, with the recording process and even like marketing it that you probably like wouldn't have done prior? Well, Bandcamp Day was definitely helpful. Um, and I think that helpful not only in getting artists uh, 100% of the payments, because on Bandcamp Day, they waive their fees. Uh, it also incentivized a lot of people to go and buy music who maybe wouldn't have done it on that day. And I think even more so, it like spread the message of, hey, these streaming services really aren't providing much value, nor uh, not, not money, and not much money, oh. and not much uh, data. Like as far as who's listening, like where they were, you know what I'm saying? An email or something. Yeah. So I think that a lot of people maybe don't realize that, you know, people just don't even know what Bandcamp is. But now maybe because of us through only releasing our music through that service, people are mm-hmm. realizing that that reality of the music industry. Because the thing, here's the thing. It's like you said, artists aren't able to do their thing or it's like, you know, the idea of being an artist doesn't sound very safe at all. You know, it sounds very risky. You know what I mean? So it doesn't really encourage, it doesn't really encourage a lot of artists to, to actually do it. I mean, sure. in like, in like other styles of music, more mainstream things, it is, it is a lot more lucrative. You know what I mean? Like, I I won't tell you that, you know, Mm -hmm. the people on, you know, on the radio and stuff are making money. They are, but like to be an underground, to stay underground and experimental and just like not be a part of that, you know, billboard charts world not really that uh financially lucrative so so i think that that uh yeah that that message needs to be spread that hey you know all the music that you love and that isn't necessarily super famous by super famous artists like if you want to keep hearing that and you want the future generations to be doing that i mean it'll always happen you know what i mean but it's right now it's kind of like a sacrifice to like dedicate your life to music you know what i mean or totally the sacrifice we always talk about records over rent and like transitioning into mundos did it feel like more or less climatic you know to put out a project than it normally would since we're all you know sitting at home and kind of waiting for people to put out these creative projects did it feel like very were people receptive or did it feel like kind of like another day in the life i mean you know since we included the book with this record it definitely stirred up more conversation within us and the people who listen to it. And yeah, you know, we just, we were able to provide a tangible experience with this new record. So like while you're listening to the record, you can go through the book, you can cut out the pages, put them up on your room, like hang them up like posters, like how they used to back in the nineties and before. And, you know. Can you explain a little more what's in the book for the people who maybe have no idea? Yeah. So this book is basically, uh, an archive of our favorite graffiti artists, current graffiti artists that we see, you know, as part of the culture here right now, and they'll continue to be a part of it. And just like, yeah, just really focused on, you know, like uh, these kind of city uh, landscapes and like, you know, not really just like things that look like murals, but like, oh, you know, maybe the side of a bridge, you know, with like homie with a roller, like in the water or something, you know, or on top of a roof in downtown, you know, just kind of more, yeah, focused on, on the architecture and on the, on that side of things, you know, just real street, real street spots. Um, and yeah, also, you know, that idea stemmed because we have three songs out of the 10 songs on the album, uh, three songs have our homie Etone on them on vocals. Who's like, you know, lifelong friend of ours known known him basically for as long as I've known Delbert. 
and yeah he got on these tracks and then while we were like making the record it was like haha like this track is featuring etone or whatever and then I, I was just like yo like I was just asking him like while he was in the studio I was just like yo do you like archive any of your stuff like do you have like a hard drive with like all these photos your graffiti and he was like nah like not really just kind of like whatever I post on Instagram whatever I have on my phone and I was just like couldn't believe it you know so I just felt kind of inclined to to archive it into a book format and then the fact that I had the we had the tracks with him on it on vocals and and we're just really good friends with all these kids and they just all sent me photos of their graffiti and I put it into a book and we put the track list on the back and basically on Bandcamp if you want to get our album out of book wow and do that right now on Bandcamp yeah, like if, if you listen to our record on Bandcamp more than three times you have to buy it and you can and you can only buy it with the book nice how many of you guys sold how is the book uh, really well actually it's been really well received like at first i was kind of like man like you know it's kind of a big investment or whatever you know we dropped like 600 bucks or something to make the books whatever so i'm like oh man like i really hope they sell you know but yeah i mean we've broken even already and so we're happy you know it's like we were able to do the project not lose money and now we're gaining money not you know what i mean and and we got yeah. to do the idea you know we got to carry out the the creative idea people get to have people, people get to have the book you know at their cribs and like it just the concept of it all you know just kind of showcasing that connection between the two subcultures that exist here in miami we're definitely gonna experiment more yeah i want to do more yeah, yeah more tangible music yeah we we feel that uh you know like the streaming has kind of like changed the listening experience just because people you know don't go to the store and buy the cd anymore or like don't go to the homies crib who has the new vinyl or, or whatever. It's just everyone gets it on their phone in their pocket as soon as it drops at midnight. So changed how we how we appreciate music, you know? Yeah. I'm excited to get my Mundos book, which should be sometime soon, boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, probably within the next few days. <laughs> we'll, we'll chat after this. Don't you worry. <laughs> How could you describe you know, this project differentiating from other things that you've put out in the past? Well, so a big uh, foundation for the idea of this project came from our new influence in dub music, uh, like dub reggae specifically, and like its influence within like dub techno and, uh, you know, really using our mixing board and like our outboard delays and like messing around with like effects and kind of just like keeping it more about the drums and like low end and, you know, this whole project's basically a combination of our influence between like footwork, down tempo, uh, Latin percussion, a little bit of jungle in there, you know, like I'm not going to say, oh, like we made like footwork tracks or jungle tracks. It's kind of just like our influence from that. And it's we just try to make it its own thing. And, you know, the project really fell into place naturally, you know, we because like with all of our projects, we make a bunch of songs. And then like after we just like let out our ideas, we focus on the ones that we feel like would work cohesively. And, you know, and then the, the tracks that don't make it on the record, you know, maybe they work in a different context in the near future. And so, yeah. I mean, it seems like all, all of your work kind of gets, um, I don't want to say recycled because that kind of sounds weird, but almost recycled in a way. Like you said, like if it doesn't make it on this project, maybe an element of it will go on the next one or the next one or so forth. Yeah. And for, and for most of the projects who started to cut you off, like for most of the projects, like I said before, we like to keep it fresh in terms of just like making tracks on the spot. Like we'll make a track on Tuesday, drop it on Friday. You know what I'm saying? Like we won't hold on to a track for three years for specific projects. Right. We, like to, we want people to kind of understand the headspace that we're in currently. And like, that's why we want to 
drop. There's there's ideas. always at least like if you if you were to go through all of the the projects and the works, there's always one element that ties it all together that gives it your sound, and that's I think for me at least like the most special part of all of it. And I love Mundos, and I mean for me personally, Espuma was my favorite track. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, those vocals always get me. Um, and shout out to Etone. <laughs> shout out to Etone. Um, and shout out to Dodo for the fucking. Oh yeah, love to Dodo and all the artists. Yeah, involved. shout out to Dodo. Shout out to Weirdo. Shout out to Stab. Shout out to uh, Cam. Shout out to New. Shout out Tofu. Shout out Ruk. Ryuk. Shout out Far. Yeah, all those guys are in the book. <laughs> If you're listening right now, I want to link um, in our description on, you know, on Dub Lab, like the link to finding this body of work, especially with the book. You know, I want people to just go to imvt.bandcamp.com. It, it'll be there front and center. Period. And we'll, we'll link it below so you can just click on it. Support because as we said, that is like so important right now. I know you're listening to if you're listening to radio, you already know that. So the extra step beyond listening is supporting you know i couldn't have said it better myself jordy you are actually up for a very special treat to all of the listeners because you're about to hear mundos live in your ear holes through the lovely radio station and then it's up to you are you gonna buy the the book i mean yeah of course you are you're gonna support the artist we've talked about this if you want to keep up with imbt you can always follow them on the socials it is at it is. INVT or INVT305. Yes. Yeah. Every it's at INVT305. For all socials. For all socials. All socials at INVT305. Baby. Baby. <laughs> baby. Um yeah, keep up with them. They do a lot of cool stuff on social media, guys. Like, live, very interactive. You'll see me in the comments somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yo, we appreciate y'all. Yeah. Uh, checking us out and, and uh, keeping up to date with the music and the collections and everything we just put out and sharing it, you know, and every, anybody out there who's listening, you know, we're very thankful for anybody who uh, resonates with our music or supports or shares our music with anybody. Like, thank you again. Like all these projects kind of go hand in hand with us kind of uh, it's almost like meditative. We keep ourselves focused and it kind of puts us in a, in a neutral headspace by putting out all these projects it's like ah we're letting out all these ideas with the world and we're sharing them and like they're out of our heads and we can continue forward and think of the idea of moving forward yo yo what's good you just listened to bass miami on dub lab we're your host imvt my name's delbert i'm with luca you're about to listen to our latest project mundos if you want you can follow us on our socials at imvt305 enjoy